This a success off another breath. This the first step in searching to be nothing less than be the best in what you do to prove their strength in being you. Learn so much in chasing dreams that I never would in school. And what's going on, guys? Kieran Hidley here from the Pocket Coach Podcast, the place where we bring together mental health, mental performance, and we speak about them both through a lens of both spirituality and science. And today we have a really incredible and inspiring human here. Uh, honestly, I think he's going to blow your socks off if you're wearing socks like I am. <laughs> and I'll introduce his name in a second. He's a personal... Oh, he's got no socks on. There you go. Uh, or unless he blew his socks off already. Uh, he's a personal freedom and soul embodiment coach focused on immersive and transformational experiences. Currently in Mexico, uh, in Tulum, I believe, currently. And uh, honestly, I met this man... It must be about three years ago now, actually. Um, yeah, or even more than that, three and a half years ago, um, I think. Something like that. But... Maybe two and a half. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah. It's been time a long flies. time anyway. Oh, man, it really does. I've lost track. Um, it was, in, yeah, it would have been the end, the beginning of 2019. Mar- yeah. yeah, like, like yeah. February, March. Yeah. Yeah, that's right just before Bali and uh, yeah, we're actually both on the way to Bali. I was on the way there to live and he was on the way there for um, yeah, a few fantastic experiences that he delved into. And after Bali, I continued to watch his journey and man, I without a doubt can easily say that he is the most authentic and expressive human that I personally know. So I'm so excited to delve into this fantastic podcast with the man himself, Eddie. And uh, brother, I've actually forgotten. I'm not going to lie, your last name because it says Eddie Evolves, but I, I, I don't remember <laughs> what your last name is now. Yeah. You know, that's it's funny because uh, right around that time is when I was getting into Eddie Evolves and actually letting go of my last name because it, people wow. always butcher it. Uh, my last name is Birch, and it's it's yeah. not spelled like the tree. It's pronounced like the tree, but it's spelled B E R T S C H. And so when I say it, nobody knows how to spell it, and when people saw saw it read out, they never knew how to say it. And so when I found Eddie Evolves, that just seemed to be so fitting where it was just, it makes everything easier, you know? That makes so much sense. Easy. And it's exactly what you do. You really are one, um, a human that represents this concept of evolution so beautifully, not just with yourself, but also with the way that you guide it as well. And that's what I'm so excited to delve into because uh, guys, today we're going to speak very deeply about this concept of uh, masculinity, uh, healthy masculinity. And of course, as well, uh, various aspects of why authenticity is such a powerful um, aspect to delve into as a human being and why this has transformed Eddie's life because I know that he's faced um, incredible difficulties in his time. Um, And we're going to get into some of those things today on the podcast, um, but we're going to talk about as to what Eddie's done, which will not seem like the sort of normal route that a lot of people take to uh, go about the path of transformation. So that's what I'm so excited to delve into because I know so many people are going to benefit from this and feel a lot more accepting of themselves and going down maybe their path of transformation and the way that they feel is aligned with them, right? And that's what this is so. Mm-hmm. This is why this stuff is so important. So, with that being said, uh, do you mind just uh, sharing as to what inspired you firstly to shave your head? Because I know that was a big moment. <laughs> Man, it's such a such a journey, and um, 
first of all, beautiful introduction. Thank you for that. That warms my absolute, like my heart in every single way to hear um, some of your comments about like authenticity and expression. And that's actually something that I made a post about a couple of days ago around like why is authenticity se seem to be such a, such a rare compliment or trait in people these days, um, which we can talk about later. But to the piece about shaving my head, which actually I was going to shave my head this morning. For those of you watching on video, you can see I've got mm. some hair growing back and stuff. But um, yeah, so I shaved my head around um, July. Yeah, July last year of 2020. And now I'm curious, Kieran, do you know the story? Or are you actually curious right now? Um, no, I know only part of the story. It was something to do with okay. something you're overcoming, some image thing. Um, I know there was yeah, part yeah, of yeah. it, but I know there was more to it. Um, but before so, we do, I just want to say that, Eddie, um, you look like a very young and much more handsome Tainat Han. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, received, I've heard all the names. Like, I've heard, yeah. like, uh, especially now that I've, I'm out in Tulum and wearing different types of clothes, people are like, oh, you look like a, are you some Buddhist monk or, or, or what's exactly happening? Yeah. And this, yeah, all of it. I've heard Mr. Clean. I've heard, uh, you know, especially when I shaved my head, I, I shaved off my eyebrows too. That's I was right. getting like I remember that. Neo from the Matrix type of stuff. <laughs> I've, I've got some pictures of it on my Instagram if people really want to go back and see it. But um, or if you're if you're watching on video, maybe you have someone like bring up a picture of Neo from the Matrix and put my name, my face next to it. But <laughs> but um, yeah, so to, to just to go into that, though, so transformation and different like programs and stuff I've been a part of for a while um, since before we you and I met actually and I was in one at the time with someone named Preston Smiles I believe you know him I don't know if you've I do. worked with him or a lot a lot of people in our kind of field kind of know him to an extent and I was in one of his programs and in this and I, I do this within my programs too because uh, it's actually been so effective for me and this this concept actually touches on a few other things that, that I know you want to touch on in this podcast too um, he challenged us to find some sort of vice in our life to, to give up for the duration of the program, something that we felt had us rather than us having it. And that changes from person to person. It's different for everybody. And I would argue to say that I think every single person has some sort of vice at any given mo moment in their life. It's not like it needs to be something where it's just like, oh, I'm going to give up alcohol because it's bad for me. Some, some people's vice might be going on their phone. Uh, after a certain time at night. That was actually one of mine for a different program that I did. Um, other people, it might be eating a certain type of food or giving up sugar or, like I said, giving up whether it's alcohol or weed or porn or what, whatever the thing might be. He would challenge everybody to give something up for the duration of the program so we can change our relationship with it. Like, like I said, I mean, uh, uh, do I love ice cream? Yes, I do. But if I'm eating ice cream every single day, that I can, I've noticed that that amount of sugar can sometimes affect me in a different way. And so maybe in that moment, if that was a pattern for me, giving up ice cream would, might be the vice. Whereas now I've had ice cream like twice in the last month or two. And it's, My you know, it, it's different. It's different for every person. It was just like, we work on our relationships with things. And so with that being said, I, I feel like I'm not alone in the sense of a lot of people think they want to give something up for at a certain point in their life. And we created this system to essentially kind of balance out what happens if we don't follow through on our word. Because it's not just about giving something up, but it's about staying true to our word and being in integrity with, with what our intentions are. 
And so with that said, we set a vice of something that we want to give up throughout the program. And we also set some some sort of uh, thing as leverage. I don't like to use the word consequence or punishment or anything like that, but it's more like a leverage where it's like, if I don't stick to this, then I will do this. Uh, and so I, I think of that almost as integrity insurance where, cause every time okay. I say I'm going to do Love something that. and I don't do it, I lose trust in myself. And yes. so if I've got something in place to bounce myself back, if I ever break that first commitment, it can bring me right back into integrity because if there's anything I've learned in my journey, there's no worse feeling than having reflected back to me how much I said I was going to do something and then realizing that I didn't do that. And oh, yeah. th that's a downward spiral I'm sick of going down. I'm, I'm, I'm done being in that game of like, I'm going to make some huge commitment that I can never follow through with and then do, do my best and do an awesome job, but then fall short. Then all of a sudden I'm stuck in this, like this mental pattern of like, Oh, can I actually, did I actually do it? Am I capable of doing this thing? Like, so having that integrity insurance was important. And so and just to touching on that, how much anxiety and uh, deprivating of uh, deprivation of self-worth does that cause mm -hmm. an individual of constantly betraying their own word to themselves? Totally, man. And it's like, mm. to an extent, like, yes, we got to give ourselves compassion, but we also got to ca call ourselves out on our bullshit. If we're yes. going to keep yes. going into a certain pattern, we can be like, oh yeah, I said I was going to stop, but I really want to do this thing right now. I said I would be intermittent fasting, but I really want to eat a whole bunch of sweets first thing in the morning. I said <laughs> I would give up smoking, but I'm really stressed out right now. I'm going to give myself a break. Like all of but that. Isn't that compassion? Important. You know, isn't that compassion following one's own word? That's the thing. Right. That's yeah, that's mm. the thing to it. And and mm. that's why I say it's not punishment. It's not like we need to punish ourselves or feel guilty for going against it. But um, yeah, to go to go into the specifics of this, I had given up. Um, I had give, chosen to give up all forms of nicotine throughout this like three month container that I was in. Um, and the reason was because when I was back in high school, I, I mean, I was super, super into vaping, um, you know, like e-cigarettes and stuff. I actually started on those before I had ever even got into like smoking cigarettes or chewing tobacco or any of that stuff. And after kind of having my spiritual awakening of sorts, I had, I had chosen to let that stuff go for quite a while and didn't really bring it back into my life until like, I mean, I had done it occasionally here and there, but didn't bring any form of nicotine back into my life until about two years later. Um, and when sort of being in these like spiritual communities, I would find like people smoking organic tobacco or using hape. Um, if, if you're familiar with hape, I don't know. Very familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got some literally right next to me on my altar here, but, um, and so I found myself at a certain point when I was enrolling in that program back in a place where I was, I was using these medicines a lot more than I wanted to, because I don't see them as like good or bad drug or not drug. It's like, like they can, they can be medicines. It all depends on our intention and what we're doing with it. And I found that I was, I was smoking a little more than I wanted to. And I was actually even noticing like stuff in my throat and just my health, not getting into the best place. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to give that up for this whole program. I know I can do it. I've quit cold turkey before. And my leverage for myself is 
I'm, I, since I was in a process, I was in a moment where I was like growing out my hair. It wasn't super long, but I had the intention of, I'm going to grow out my hair and get the whole man bun going on. Kind of like, you've got your hair yeah, slicked boy. back right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I was in that place where I was just like ready to let it go really far back. And I was like, yeah, so that's, that was my integrity insurance of I'm going to shave off all my hair and my eyebrows and my facial hair. Actually, I didn't even have facial hair at that point. And it got to be the last day of the program. And no, yeah, literally the last day of the program. And in that week before, some of the other guys in the program, because this was a men's men's group called Man Cave that I was in. And a bunch of the other guys were kind of like going back to their vices. They were like, yeah, we finished. We made it. Da, 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 da. And I was kind of in my own mind thinking like, okay, I guess I could go back to it if I want to. And I was thinking like, do I really want to? And I was like, I don't know if it necessarily serves me right now. And that was like during the week. Then it got to be Saturday. We had our closing call the final Sunday. And it was Saturday and I was with some friends. It was like the 4th of July or something. And some friends and I were just having a full on little like tribe activation, playing music, doing doing the thing, you know, just whatever friends do. And at a certain point, I someone was serving Hoppe and I was like feeling a call to it. And I was like, yeah, this, this feels like a good moment to like jump back in after having taken such a long amount of time off. And I did it. It was a great experience, transformational in itself. And the next day on the closing call, uh, Preston was like, all right, hey, so just, just to check in, curious, because obviously we do so many other things in the program. But he was like, how many of you guys made it all three months without um, going back to your vice, without breaking it? And a bunch of guys put their hands up and I went to go put my hand up and I had it up. And then all of a sudden I felt something inside of me where it was like, it was like, bitch, you didn't make it. You, you used it last night. And I was like, huh, is that true? And because I, I was, I was, I, I felt in, in one sense that I had made it, but I, as I had my hand up, I felt a little bit out of integrity. And so I got to check in and as that call unfolded and things were happening, I went into my calendar on my phone and I was like looking at the dates and I was like, okay, let's figure out how long it's been. Has it been three months? And so I went and checked on the calendar dates. It hadn't been three months. It hadn't been 90 days. It had, it, it was like just a little bit shy. It was like four or five days short. And the more I sat with it, I was like, okay, well, I mean, I, I pretty much made it. Let's see what I said. And I actually ended up scrolling all the way back in some of our group messages. And I watched my video where I made the commitment about what I was giving up. And I, I watched it back with my face, with my, with my hair and everything. I mean, I still had hair at this point, but with me saying, all right, I am going to give up um, all forms of nicotine for the next three months uh, or I will shake da, 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 da. And I, I, I saw it. I saw it reflected back to me. That was what I said I would do. And then here I was having not done it. It hadn't been three months. Man Cave wasn't officially over. And I was sitting with this where I was just like, fuck. And for probably a solid like, can I swear on this podcast, by the way? Absolutely, that- brother. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you was- go, fuck. Oh, can I swear? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I probably will anyway. I would say just like bleep it out. But I like like to ask for respect. Um, and I, I sit with it and I'm just like, dang, this is, this is tough. And I was bringing this question into, into my small group with some other guys and they were like, ah, Eddie, you're just being so hard on yourself. You don't need to do that. Like, like you, you did it, bro. Congratulate yourself. Da, 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 da. And the more I sat with it, I was just like, 
yes, I get it. I know that I could have given it up for three months, but also what I said I would do didn't happen. I said I would go this far and I didn't go that far. I went, I went a certain distance, but I didn't go as far as I said I would go. And the more I sat with it and I asked some other coaches this, they were like, yo, I'm not going to tell you what to do. What do you feel is the right answer? And the more I sat with it, the more I had to really just face the biggest fear that I was afraid of was, oh, shit, I have to cut off my hair. Because it's not like it was a matter of just cut it off as well. (laughs) (laughs) And I also noticed so so shaving off my head was an act of being in integrity with myself, because when I did that, and I've got a video up, I, would, I did a Facebook Live about this, yeah. and I've got this saved on my page. You can go back and find the video where I literally shaved my head on camera. Um, this was both an act of me being in integrity because I wanted to ask myself the question, how do I want to have a relationship with myself? Do I want to be in integrity? And also, what do I want to stand for? And how do I want to be – because we're all leaders, but, how, but by what example are we leading? And I said, how would, how might other people in my life, how might my friends, how might my family, how might my clients be affected based on seeing me embodying this versus running away from what I said I was going to do? Even if nobody else knew, people can feel that just in our frequency, just in our self-confidence. And so there was that. And then I also noticed my, my reasons about wanting, not wanting to cut off my hair were all around like, oh, but I want to call in a relationship right now and my hair was growing out and it was going to look super sexy and da 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 so there was a story that came up of oh no one's going to be attracted to me if I've uh if I shave off my hair and I look ugly and bald and I was like oh okay and I'm I'm all about personal freedom and so I'm like okay so if in that moment when that story is something that I'm making true my hair owns me I'm giving all my power away to my hair yeah same yeah. thing, same thing with like videos and stuff. I was, um, I, I just jumped into a new business program that helped me really take my coaching business full time and up level the way that I, um, share these incredibly immersive experiences with people. I was making a whole bunch of videos at the time. And I had the same story coming up for that, where it's like, oh, is anyone going to like my videos if I'm, if I'm there bald and don't have hair? Same thing. In that moment, I'm still making my hair God. I'm making mm. my hair the thing mm. that I that I think is going to make people like me, whether it's mm. women, whether it's potential clients, whether it's just the internet in general or mm. whatever. I was noticing how much I was actually really, really attached to my hair in my entire wow. life. I remember I would spend so much time just doing little comb, like flicking it up, like <laughs> anytime I was in the bathroom, just like looking at myself like that. And it's funny because even now I'm bald, like I still do that to an extent. Like when I'm shaving off my head, I like to make it look nice. But yeah. cutting off my hair was letting go of all of that and choosing to sit, still embody the same level of confidence, whether I had hair or not. Mm. And that, honestly, I can tell you, and it, it was a journey. Like the week, the week or so after that was a huge like identity shift and shedding of a lot of layers and previous attachments that the old Eddie had. And I actually just went through another one of those, which I can talk about later too, um, around something else. But that next week, like it was just a mourning process of the version of me that was so attached to my hair. And it was stepping into this new Eddie. And every single person in my life saw the change too. They saw how I was showing up after that. And it, it took it took some 
crawling before walking and some walking before running, but it's been, it's been amazing since I've done it. And maybe I'll grow up my hair at a certain point again in life. And maybe I won't. I mean, a lot of people say I should because I'm young and they're like, oh, use it, use it before you actually lose it. But um, <laughs> regardless, I'm loving it. And yeah. I, I love the, the symbolism for myself around it. So thank mm-hmm. you for starting this off on that note. I don't know how long I yeah. was talking about that, but no, I feel like that, that story encapsulates a lot. Yeah, I feel like it does. And I feel like um, uh, one day you may explore man bun territory. I'm sure you will one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that's so beautiful, brother. And um, I just want to go even a little bit deeper on this concept of authenticity because that's such an authentic thing to do to yourself is checking in with yourself. No, this is not in line with my integrity. That takes firstly self-awareness and a level of authenticity to actually be true to oneself no this is actually the situation and then having integrity to follow through with what with your own word of um your mm-hmm. if not this then this um yeah so beautifully done brother and please speak for a moment on how self-awareness and authenticity has changed your life because there was of course a time when this was not the case right mm-hmm Specifically around the authenticity piece, I've noticed that people often tell me, oh, you're being so authentic when I'm sharing something that they would see as vulnerable. Hmm. Hmm. In other words, um, the things that I've shared that people often tell me, oh, that was super authentic. That thing is also usually the thing that I that I have held the most shame around. And sharing in some context, it doesn't always need to be on my social media or on a podcast or anything, but, but sharing about those things and speaking from a humble, vulnerable place has often been the thing that frees me. I don't do, I don't always do it for other people. Sometimes I do it because I know that leaning into that represents me accepting and loving and owning a part of myself that I previously wasn't as expressive in talking to the world about. Um, And speaking from another, another place, I recently made a video a few days ago talking about how I was hosting a retreat last weekend that I canceled because I sold zero tickets to it. Wow. And same, this is that same story that I was just talking about with the hair that provoked a huge rebirth in me of noticing all the places that I had attachments and sourced my amount of self-love and self-acceptance for myself, which is so funny because this is literally the work I do with people, right? But being able to catch this concept is the work. Mm -hmm. Seeing a place that I was tying up my self-worth and noticing how much I was being hard on myself by not selling tickets. And I was like, Eddie, this isn't, this doesn't have anything to do with your self-worth or your value as a human. People didn't want to buy tickets to your retreat. Cool. What are you making that mean about you though? Right. And, mm. and I, I ended up making a video about this and I was, I was just having fun looking at people's responses because I was noticing, and I was thinking about making a meme about this. Even it was like me announces that I sold zero tickets to a retreat. Other people. So inspiring. Keep going. I love you. Like that's literally people's <laughs> response because, because they're like, Oh my God, yeah. you're so authentic. And all I'm doing is sharing what's happening and what I'm learning through yeah. it all. But initially, yeah. the second that I canceled the retreat on the Friday beforehand, 
being like, damn, I wish I didn't have to do this. I wish I didn't have to have this conversation with the people. And there was a part of me that just wanted to go into hiding. A part of me that didn't feel worthy of love. A part of me that didn't want to be seen. Totally. And I got to... I got to hold space and love that part of myself. I got to unconditionally love myself, regardless of whether I sell out and overfill my retreat or whether nobody wants to buy tickets. I get to love myself the same amount, regardless. So and holding and myself I through just that want to process. Pause you there, because you know why that's so so beautiful is because um, so many people, including myself, uh, will set a certain goal um, and have this concept of this must happen because of X. Yes, there was going to be a self-involvement, but this must happen because of Y, because then that Y is to do with other people, right? Mm -hmm. And then being able to break free of uh, that tie to that identity that's involved with other people in terms of the pictures that I have placed in other people's minds, if I break those pictures in other people's minds, (laughs) then I'm going to... uh, have something that breaks within me right so there's that attachment there and what's so beautiful about uh what you what you did decide to share there is that's such a huge tie to this concept of self-worth um as you mentioned that other people won't love me like for example myself i ran a retreat at the start of was it this year this year um and yes it was successful however there was a long time when it wasn't right there was a time when it wasn't and i was quite frankly shitting myself not so much for myself, but also, but actually I was catching myself, shitting myself about the fact that I will look unsuccessful if this retreat doesn't fill, right? So there was, yeah, there was a huge factor there and I was catching that. And it was really interesting to observe that story. Um, of course, I never ended up crossing into the territory that you did. Um, however, there was that attachment that I identified that I never actually got to step into and break through like you did. So what's so beautiful about that is, um, honestly, I, I think that actually there might be even a part of me that still has that honestly. Um, cause I mm-hmm. ha- actually haven't been faced with that opportunity yet. And I think if I, w- if I am, I do feel that that will actually, um, affect me honestly, even right mm-hmm. now. So I'm really, I'm really blessed that you brought that up brother, because that's actually called me out on something that I think I still have actually, to be honest, is that tie there. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very flattered that you, um, um, not only brought that up and, um, we're authentic about it and I'm very stoked about that, but yeah, very, um, yeah, I'm very honored that, um, we're able to actually have this because this actually helped me to realize, oh, wow. Yeah. Actually I've still got a little bit of an attachment there around this success Dude. concept. Mm. So yeah. And, and beautifully said, because that's another thing, like, obviously I wouldn't, I, I, w- I wouldn't have seeked out this experience when I started planning my retreat and everything. I was like, yeah, let's, let's get some people yeah. in. Let's have some fun. Let's serve some people. Let's make some money. Like, like I was, I was ready for it. I put so yeah. much energy into this, but the second I was getting hit with everything that was happening, it brought me into my own transformational experience. And I say this every single time I go through my ecstatic evolution immersions around, I transform just as much. And it's always in the way that I would least expect. Mm. And this, I could, I did not expect this whatsoever. And it's, it's shown a light on me. It's shown me because if I would have sold a bunch of tickets, I would have done it. It would have been fun. I would have learned some other sort of lesson, but this has shown me where I was attaching parts of my self-worth to that. And also like, like you said, how other people do that too. 
how we do, how we do that to ourselves, whether we're mm-hmm. whether we're being successful just to get other people's approval or not. Is that success if we're doing it for other people? Okay. If, is that success if we're doing it to uphold our, our image? Mm. And I had the same story coming up. And even like, like I'm still working through it to an extent. I feel good about it right now in the sense that this is the thing I'm talking about here. But I had that same thing coming up where I was like, man, what are people going to think of me if they hear that I, if, the, if they hear that my retreat didn't sell any tickets? Are they going to think there's something up? And then, and then I was, I was like, all those, we could go so yeah. deep into this, man. There's, oh, no, there's a so lot, deep. there's a but lot. What's so here. beautiful about this is that everyone, every single person on this planet goes through some sort of quote unquote failures. You can call them lessons. You can call them progressions. You can call them whatever you want, but ultimately, you know, the, um, it's just an easier word to use. Um, so I'm just going to use it because most people will understand what I mean by that. Um, but you know, these quote unquote failures that people run into, everyone gets them. And at the end of the day, is that failure truly a failure if that person is able to, of course, you know, evolve, you know, good old Eddie evolve, evolve from that experience? Um, I, don't, I don't feel it is, right? And at the end of the day, uh, you being authentic about that does give a sense of, uh, in a way, validation and acceptance to other people's quote unquote failures that they perceive as failures. Uh, and I feel gives them an opportunity to be able to see what it is that they can learn and grow from those experiences specifically um, rather than having that quote-unquote failure and then stepping back and not trying again, right? And then it becomes a failure, right? Only then does it become a failure, yeah. Yes, and that's that's the thing, man. We, we all do it to an extent. We just get confused of what that looks like. Yeah. None, of us, none of us started walking our first try. We fell down, we fell down, we fell down. Sometimes like we tripped. We Sometimes we slip going around that corner in our house and we don't think, oh, I've slipped. I'm never going to go that way again. Or, oh, I fell down trying to walk. I'm never going to try walking again. And so we've got simple things like that where it's easy to look at it and be like, oh, of course. Yeah. But yeah. Then oh, that walking thing's like, not for me. It's not working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just not going to walk. <laughs> and this is the message I've been sharing since day one of getting into really sharing this sort of like inspirational message of it's, it's the practice of practice. That's embodiment. The professional football player did not start there. They had to yeah. learn. They had to throw. They had to miss some catches. They had to throw some bad ones. And not even bad ones, but you learn from falling too far left or falling too far right. You know, I, I also, I've also talked about this with, with longboarding. I, I longboard, not like surfing. I kind of know how to surf, but uh, like, like skateboarding and stuff. Yeah. And often, I mean, I've, I've been skateboarding like my whole life. I've had so many falls. Like I've got scars on different parts of my body from pretty nasty falls. And the only time I fall is when I'm leaning into an edge when I'm going in, when I'm doing something that I haven't done that much or when I'm learning something new. And I've noticed that at times in my life, when I've hit plateaus where I've like kind of remained like generally about the same for a few years and not fallen, that's where I'm in the same plateau because I'm only yes. leaning into what's so comfortable. Yes. I'm only doing the stuff that I can comfortably confidently do. But the second I start learning something new, I know that there's going to be failures. So the question is, do we go into these new things expecting the failures to come or do we act surprised when things don't go the way that we thought they would go and be like, oh, guess it's not for me. 
I could totally be sitting with that right now thinking like, oh, my retreat didn't sell many tickets. I guess people don't want my retreats. I guess I'm never going to do a retreat again. No, Mm. I'm I'm probably going to put one together in the next two or three months again and just go go right at it. Same yeah, thing, whether, whether whether we sell zero Beautiful. tickets or whether we max it out and somehow try to fit like 30 people there, what a it's going to happen. And I'm mm. just going to keep leaning in because I'm here for the lessons. I'm not here to do anything else. I've I've gone through, and I know you started the, the podcast on this note too, which we can talk to this eventually as well, wherever it happens to go. But I've gone through so much hating my life that I don't want to do anything that isn't exciting me. And so that for me, there's no other option than following my excitement because I've seen what happens when I do things that don't do that for me. I've seen what happens when I start pursuing careers just for the money or start doing things just for other people's approval. You know, like I remember being in college and when I, this was before I decided to drop out, I remember thinking about my future as we were like planning out our next like five years of education and work internships and jobs that we would be getting and all of that. And I was just like, this does not excite me one bit. I don't want to be studying this stuff. I don't want to be in school learning this and eight hours a day doing this for work, like regardless of the six figure starting salary that I th- that would be projected for me to get. That's that's not worth it for me if I'm spending we sleep for about eight hours we and then people in that world work for about eight hours. You've only got eight other hours in the day for pooping, peeing, eating food and then doing whatever type of commute even and morning practice. Yeah, exactly. Commute. And at the end of the day, people only end up with like four hours left, three hours left. Yeah. And so I was like, if when if work is the majority of my life, do I really want to be going into that? And that's why, like, like being on this this path I'm on, like, it hasn't been super easy. I'm not mm-hmm. s- sitting here being like, hey, I started this two years ago and now I'm a millionaire. Like, <laughs> but things continue to just gradually, we start to go up and up and life gets better and better and better. And as much as there's always challenges, there's always some sort of thing that we're being faced with where it's like, oh, what am I going to do about that? Every time I look at where I was at a year ago, or even six months ago, it's quite often much better than I could ever have imagined the next year or six months being. And I just mm. keep growing as a person. And I'm still here out of all the scary things that I've done and the things that I've invested in when I didn't have the money to do it or the places that I've gone without a plan, not knowing how things are going to work out. I'm still here. I'm still alive. Right. I'm still in the game. And I'm going to keep right. leaning into that edge whenever I can. And- Take that note, people listening. That is so beautifully said. Thank you for saying that. Because at the end of the day, if you listen to this podcast, guess what? You are still here. (laughs) After every difficulty, every challenge, every painful moment, every trauma, you're still here. You made it. If you can make it this far, you can keep going. So beautifully said, brother. Thank you. Yeah, you're yeah. more than welcome. Thank you for giving a space for me to even talk about this and express this because these, these conversations light me up, man. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. And I'd love for you to speak on what projected you towards going down this path of self-transformation and then also mm-hmm. enabling transformation in others. What was the moment yeah. or point or progression? There, 
There were two really good ones. People always want me to tell about one, but I, I it can't be just one. Um, the first one, I was 10 years old, um, and I was at a place where life was probably the worst it had ever been for me. I did not feel uh, safe at school. I was bullied by a lot of people and made fun of, and I didn't have very much self-confidence or self-esteem, and so I didn't know how to... I didn't, you know, if someone, if someone said, oh, you're stupid, I wouldn't have the, the self-esteem to be like, no, I'm not stupid, whatever. I would be like, <laughs> oh, too, shit, too. I'm stupid. Like, yeah. And I would just take on everything that people yeah. said about me. And so at school, boom, just mess. Like I was, I was crying. I was bullied, all the things. Same thing on the bus. I remember getting off the bus, going home crying. And I was also having a very, very tough time with my family. And I was also I was also blessed to be born with a well after being born to have a brother born with high functioning autism and that has been a whole gift in itself of learning different things about another human that's that our society labels as uh special needs even though I think every single person has some sort of special need to an extent because none of us are the same like yeah. and but we were also in a place as a family of just like learning what that looked like and I felt like, I mean, my parents did the best they could, but I also didn't, don't feel like I was actually given enough attention or, or um, support with what my actual needs were as a developing human, because there was always this, this unconscious conversation. I don't think it was ever said, but this unconscious conversation of, yeah, you're struggling with this, but at least you don't have autism, right? And so there was, there, it felt like in the house, there was kind of this like, over over like this more energy going towards my brother where my parents were kind of like oh eddie you'll be fine you don't you're you're okay yeah. and like i said they were doing the best they could they were loving me to the best of their ability we were going we i they had got me a therapist i went to therapist we had tried going to church and god wasn't doing its thing in my life um and i got to this point where i i was this was the closest in my life that i've ever been to actually killing myself like not just having an actual thought, but actually having written out a letter, being in my room, like ready to do it. And before actually following through with it, in those just like few moments before, a thought hit me where it was like, what if life could actually be fucking amazing? And this is just giving up too early. Like what if, the, what if it, life didn't have to suck forever? And that thought hit me and all of a sudden I'm kind of just following this thought and it did not lead me in that moment to some like grand awakening epiphany or anything like that. But it was at least enough to get me to forget about what I was about to do and start to just go sit on my bed and think for a little bit. Do, do you mind, sorry, just sharing what the intention was with taking the life? I feel this will be. Um, to escape the pain. Okay because I did not feel loved. I did not feel supported. I did not feel celebrated. Um, and I felt like, I felt like there wasn't a place for me to, to be in that. Mm. And this, this, this whole depression and mental health thing had just got to me so much. And every proposed solution that people gave me didn't seem to be doing anything about it. Going to therapy was chipping away at a couple things, but at the end of the day, I still had the same problems. And I resonate with that. You know, yeah. 
having gone through a whole bunch of alternative work that I've discovered on my own, I've realized that throughout all of that, that's my ability to not go deep with my therapist was because I wasn't ready to go that deep with myself. Right. So it's been a whole, whole awakening in that sense. But I share that moment because like I said, it wasn't some grand epiphany that got me into this starting helping people. I had my own journey since then where it pretty much, I, I still struggled with, with mental health. I still struggle with things, but I just kept doing this whole life thing. Cause also killing yourself is scary. It's not like we can just be like, Oh yeah, I'm done. Like, it's it once you actually get there i i can't say you but like any time i had actually got there it's like it's like are, do you really want to do this and so i would just sit with that and you know i went through high school eventually ended up finding my own friend group um got into smoking weed and like i was saying about e-cigs and stuff and found this whole like uh partier slash drug dealer identity which really got me a lot of a lot more what I felt my eat my wounded ego needed, which was like love and respect from the whole popular kid group that used to not want to be friends with me. Now all of a sudden Eddie's the one that's got the parties to go to or uh he's the one to hit up if you need this type of drug or whatever. It created a different type of dynamic around my relationships mm-hmm. with those people. And so that was something that actually really, really helped me in in that place. It helped it helped my ego in a in a way that I'm not going to say it was bad, but it definitely, it was still just as like unhealthy in the sense that I was still tying all my self-worth into other things. But at a certain point I got, I got into college and I was getting to a place where, like I said, I was looking at my future and I was like, I don't want to do any of this stuff. I was just pursuing engineering because people, because I was good at math and science and people told me that that's what I should do. I still had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Um, and I was getting to this place again where I was just like, this is not worth the life that I'm living is not worth not killing myself when I was 10. When are things going to get better? Cause here I am 19 years old, nine years later ish, whatever, however long and things still haven't changed. And I wasn't in a place where I was like going to just straight up go kill myself. But I was like, I still was like atheist slash borderline agnostic. I had me, me and God had no relationship. I didn't know any sort of thing was out there. And I was just like, okay. And I found myself alone in my dorm room one night and stuff still hadn't been working. And I was just like, all right, yo, God, if you're real, I'm done. Like, just, just kill me now. I want to quit. I feel like I've wasted a bunch of time. Um, I'd rather restart from scratch, just like bring me back to like being a baby. Let me try this again. You know, it's almost as if life was a video game. I just wanted to press the home button, exit, quit, turn off the system, whatever. I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just done playing this character and nothing happened. So I was like, all right, yeah, I guess God's not real. So same (laughs) thing, just went about my life doing my thing. Then all of a sudden, like next weekend, I, uh, I actually found myself in a situation where I had a lot of things reflected back to me. This was actually on a on an LSD trip that I was on. And I I had this this realization. I would call I would call this probably one of the biggest epiphany moments for me, even though I continue to have those on just a daily basis. Like that's my life at this point. Where I wait I wake up and navigate my own stuff and have an epiphany moment. But I had this moment where I realized that I could restart. I could let everything go. I could go blank slate, but it would take some work. 
it would take letting go of, of the entire identity that I had built up for myself. Like I said, my, my, my social status was all around, and people used to call me the vape god. I was all around like, like e-cigs and, and vaping all the time. I sold so much like weed and especially in college, like edibles. Those were super popular in the dorms. Um, and my entire network was filled with, with people and relationships that reflected a version of me that I no longer wanted to be living as. Mm-hmm. And so when I had this realization that I was desiring change, the universe was reflecting right back to me. All right, well, you got to go change all of your circumstances because you're going to stay the same person wow. if you stay in the same environment. If you stay yes. with the same friends, that's nothing yeah. against the friends, but that's about the, the way that I create my relationship. The way yeah. that my relationship is based with them was, was, was reflecting a version of Eddie that I no longer wanted to be. And it was telling me, hey, you need to go change something and take some time alone. And, and I, I didn't know what that was on that very briefly because um, this, yeah. is, this has been huge for me as well, brother. Um, even interestingly enough with podcasts. Because sometimes I'll immerse myself um, with a focus on a project or um, uh, um, in the past when I was not really spending much time around people um, because I was, you know, I was lonely or afraid of people, <laughs> uh, the things that I'd listen to would have just as much influence, if not more influence than the people around me did almost just because of the amount of um, information and content I was consuming from those voices. So when I've gone on and consumed lots of um, I don't know if you know of Andy Frisella, the MF CEO. Love that guy. Um, love that guy. But when I listen to so much of his stuff and um, when I'm in like this sort of tunnel, um, which can be dangerous for me, so I'm getting better mm-hmm. at that. Um, that'll be almost the only voice that I'm getting sometimes for a few days, mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden I'm becoming this like really masculine, like, <laughs> like you know, um, like propelling myself forward in that sort of way where eventually it becomes almost this anxious energy slash self-sabotaging mm-hmm. energy, um, which is really yep. interesting. So yeah, absolutely. I completely know exactly what you mean. Um, not only is it important with the, uh, people, the surrounding circumstances, um, in terms of how I want to shape my life also as well, being able to make that decision, um, not just with in terms of the content, but within terms of the people, um, who is it that I need to spend more time around, uh, so that I can become the version of myself that I feel that I, I want to be. Um, and yeah, that was a, that was a big shift to me too, man. So I just really wanted to reflect that because I don't think I, I would be where I'm at now if I hadn't chosen to, uh, not replace my friend group because I still love my friends from school. Actually, I love them to death. Um, but I know that um, if I hadn't given myself the opportunity to expand my um, uh, circles and actually open up to new possibilities and you know move places, find new people, and meet new people and discover new friends, yep. um, yeah, I wouldn't have been possibly become this version of Kira for sure. So thank you and sorry. Yeah, I'd love for you to continue with that. Dude, no need to apologize. That was so perfect. And it, it, it foreshadows a lot of what I was going to a little, little bit share next. I didn't know what that looked like, but I had discovered this, this connection with, with the universe after some of those things happening where I was starting to have all these like epiphany moments and, and things where I was like, all right, what's going on? It felt like it almost felt like the whole world had set me up, but the whole world can't be in on it. Like I was like, okay, how did, how does, like, it, it, I, I can't even start to explain that, but <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I got to this point, though, where I was starting to kind of discover my own unique connection with what people would call God or the universe or whatever label you want to put on it. And I want to just say I don't say that with any sort of religious context. I still don't. Uh, I, I think a lot of religion has truth to an extent, but it can also be very decept, de, de, decept, deceptive. Yeah, deceit. Whatever the word is, it, it can it can lead people in a direction that, that gives away their power. And I in no way ever intend to give away my power to a God or a circumstance or a thing that is not myself. Um, it's not to say that I am the most powerful God, but I don't want to always be putting it on other things and making myself codependent on another thing. And I started to just kind of develop my own relationship with the universe. The more I would start having conversations with myself and just going out on walks, asking questions and seeing things and especially getting connected to my intuition. That has been a huge part of my process. Like everything that I do on a daily basis now, obviously it's been a process to get here, but everything that I do, I'm always checking out my intuition where it's like, is this the right move? Regardless of any logical reasons, rational things, it's like, does this feel good to me? Is this something that I should be doing? And as I had started to do that, um, I went to approach my sophomore year in college and it was on the first day, first class of that year that about five minutes in, I got this super strong, alarming feeling in my body that was just like, you need to drop out. You're not supposed to be here right now. And I was just like, come on. I mean, I know I've got an 8 a.m. class. I know it's early. I know I just spent summer doing my thing, but like, don't give up. Don't give up. You're, you're just you're just having a bad day. And the more I sat with it, it was like, no, you actually got to leave college. And it, it wasn't like giving me it was that was just like the feeling. I, I can't put like exact words to it, but it was just like I could yeah, not. It's not picture. like a voice takes over like, hey, yeah. bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, 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 if we were making a movie about it, we might we might do that for the sake of people yeah, understanding. Yeah. But it was like I just could not picture the next three or four months of my life in that circumstance with the class schedule, living at the place, doing the whole college thing again. I mean, I had done so much partying in high school. I, I didn't need more partying. I had no more desire to get super high and drunk and all the things because I had done so much of that already. And I was just like, wow. And so I started to sit with it and in between classes, just really like actually sit with that. And I was like, wow, like, like that's what I need to do. And so I literally dropped out of college first day of my second sophomore year. No idea what I was going to do next. When my parents were like, "What do you? Why do you want to do this?" I was just like, "I don't know. I just think I'm supposed to do it." Like, and they're like, "What are you gonna do otherwise?" And I was like, "I don't know, but I just don't want to be doing this school thing." Amazing. And so I literally moved back in with them after we had just moved all my stuff out out to the dorms. Went right back in with them, and like you were just saying, podcasts, YouTube videos, books, all of that stuff available to us on the internet, which we are so blessed that people have people before us have even created for us to use and experience. Those were the things that got me such, such, so connected and such a, yeah. such more like confirmation in my own path rather than being like, why am I doing this? Cause every single person in my life, first of all, I'm the oldest out of all, I have one sibling and I have a bunch of cousins. Every single one of them are younger than me. And so I'm the oldest out of all the children in my family. And so all of the elders, all my parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, they're all for the system. They're all for the, you need to go to college, you need to get a safe job, you need to get your 401k retirement, like, like all that, that whole thing. And what my life, what 
what my internal self was telling me was that that's not for me. But none of them understood that. They were just like, Eddie, you're crazy. Why are you throwing your life away? And it was tough too, because like they were also funding me being in college. And then the second I wanted to drop out, there was a part of me that like felt entitled to that money where it's like, okay, can we put this into me going to live somewhere else and do some other stuff? And they were like, no, if you're not going to go into college, you got to go figure shit out on your own. And that was, that was a tough thing for me to even sit with too, of like realizing how incentivized they were making it for me to go back. And also how there was this desire inside of me that was so strong where I was like, fuck whatever incentives there are. I've, I've got to follow my own path. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the podcast and everything, it's freaking huge. And that's why I love what we're doing right now because, and I know I talked to you about this before we even pressed record, but I, I, you, you were asking me the question of like, Hey, do you have anything going on after this? And yes, I've got some, I've got a meeting that isn't, isn't relying on me. It's something I could be late to, but it starts in 10 minutes. I'm also mm-hmm. so surrendered in the fact that I know that what we're creating transcends time. This doesn't matter if Eddie is, I, I don't, I don't care if Eddie's still alive when someone listens to this podcast, they just need a, I, I'm just here because we're creating something. And if someone's here listening, If you are listening to this podcast right now, I'm going to trust that part of the conversation leading up to this has somehow supported your journey and what your intentions were for even clicking play. And I'm also going to trust that whatever unfolds from this moment is going to do the exact same thing in whatever way it needs to do. Because Mm -hmm. every single podcast that I was listening to, all those books, all those things that are available to us, those were all such keys in my journey. And yes, like you said, listening to just one podcast on repeat forever and ever can be hard because it's like oh now you're only getting this one person's mindset but like i was getting like i would read a whole book sometimes you just pull out one or two little things that's the most effective or listening to like a two or three hour podcast you get just those little tiny nuggets that just help us fine tune and make those subtle tweaks to our approach in life and that is what has led me that that concept of just taking taking what serves me and leaving the rest is what has led me to doing the things that I'm doing right now, living how I'm living. I mean, I didn't know what I would be doing. And then obviously one thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. I and when in that journey did I meet you on Kevin's uh, yeah. floor? <laughs> so that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so literally I'll, I met you on his floor. <laughs> I'll, I'll fast forward to that real quick without yeah. going into so much of it. And like I said, I've got time. But okay. um, dropped out in the fall. Spent a lot of time just reading the books, doing the things, trying to figure out my own shit, really letting go of a lot of things too, like letting go of vaping and drinking and smoking weed, like pretty much cold turkey for like six, seven or eight months, I think. And just, just getting my life in order. Eventually got a job at a roller skating rink where I didn't even know what I would be doing there. I was just like, I was just applying for a bunch of jobs. Um, I had already started talking about my journey and sharing some of the things that I was learning on podcasts and stuff. And I got this job at a roller rink and I had had a podcast at the time. I had like started my own podcast. It wasn't a super, super like devoted thing, but it was just some way of expressing myself. And when I told the person, the general manager about that, she was like, you know, I think you would be a good DJ. And I was like, what's a, a, a DJ? Are you sure? And so I got this job DJing at this roller skating rink, getting super into music and learning this. That's a whole other conversation. I'm happy to go into that, but that's like, I don't know if we got, we could, we might have to do a part two on the conversation yeah, to go into yep. all of that, but yeah. got into that, learned a lot of stuff about DJing. Um, 
eventually also started doing some like sort of coaching at this roller skating rink with different people that was working there. And based on the stuff I was sharing on my page, like people would always reach me out, reach out being like, Hey, I love what you're sharing. Do you want to grab coffee? Da, 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 da. So eventually I heard the word life coach. I didn't even know what life coach was. I was just talking to people, but I was like, wow, this is the same stuff I'm doing. And so I eventually started to get into life coaching and wanting to figure out how to pursue that. And so that led to me, of course, hiring a life coach and eventually figuring out like, like going, I went to like a Tony Robbins thing. Uh, and then that fast forwarded to like 2019 when I went to that and it was probably a week or two after the, or no, probably like a month after the Tony Robbins thing that I met you. And, wow. and I was on the side of the street, I remember, and we we're just going into Kevin's apartment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And all yeah, of that, I I just all got of out that of Uber or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I remember him being like, yeah, my friend Kieran's coming to stay with us for a couple of days. And I was like, cool, because he was letting me crash there too. And so yeah. here me and you yeah, are. We went just for like... a nice cold swim in the morning. That was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite yeah. morning practice, man. Oh. There's a spa right by my place here. And I, oh, I still love so those good. cold plunges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, yeah, how I met Eddie was actually I was staying at um, Kevin. What's his last name again? It's been a while. Crenshaw. Crenshaw, that's it, Kevin Crenshaw, so the heart guy. Um, and I had him on my podcast, one of my first episodes, actually, sort of in the first sort of 15-ish. If you go back, you can find it. Um, but I connected with him uh, about a month or two earlier um, when I was still in Canada. I was living there in Canada, and that's when I started my podcast. And I connected with him. We had similar um, ideas of what it is that we wanted to do in the world. So, yeah, really felt pulled to have him on my podcast. And then as I was crashing in uh la for the night uh right in santa monica um so right on the beach beautiful spot and uh yeah i met beautiful eddie over here and he said to me hey bro do you want to get it <laughs> i remember i came up to the apartment he's like hey bro do you want to get up at 5 a.m and go for a cold swim i think it was something <laughs> like that I'm like, yeah all right <laughs> so, yeah, let's do it <laughs> we went for a cold swim in the morning i was flying out to bali that day i was actually moving to bali to live and um, yeah, I just remember there, there was a beautiful shift moment that I had when I was there and you asked me after I called swim, Kieran, what are you grateful for right now? And for the first time in my life, I actually realized, wow, I was actually, I'm grateful for this moment right now. And that was the first time I'd actually been grateful for this moment. It would, it would always been, I'm grateful for the birds. I'm grateful for, you know, my parents, which is beautiful, you know, like all these different things, but you know, you can see tears in my eyes because it means that much to me is actually realizing that this moment is so precious. And I was really starting to recognize the truth in that. And that for me was a big shift because I was coming out of a lot of anxiety at the time. Um, And for the first time, um, you know, after living a life of depression and anxiety, um, yeah, I really started to realize the beauty of this moment as in that's really all I have. You know, and truly understanding that. Um, and then from there, it was, you know, beautiful progressions after progressions. But yeah, um, I'm truly grateful for this man um, who's not quite right in front of me, but virtually in front of me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, because he enabled me to unlock that realization. Um, so yeah, I really wanted to share that part because I feel like it was so much a beautiful moment for me. Mm. And thank you. And um, it's funny, you were even just brought up the tears because when you were introducing me earlier, I, I like, felt something hit me where it was like, Oh, there might be some crying on this podcast. And I'm not, I'm not saying we like, like it needs to happen. It's just, it, it happens if it happens, but I was really getting in touch with like the work that you do and everything around mental health and stuff, because I feel like in a lot of this community, there's so much around like 
like the law of attraction and creating your life and the gratitude and all of that, which do not get me wrong. I'm all for it. Super effective. But the, the piece about like the shadow work of what comes up. And like we talked about like, like the, the suicidal thoughts and the depression and anxiety and all of that stuff, like working through that and navigating that has been such a part of my journey. And I'm not here to act like I'm above it. Like I still at different points, even just literally it's, I mean, it's September right now. I think it's national suicide awareness. Um, in the last two or three months I've had, I, I, I kind of start to refer to them as like suicidal ish thoughts where I'm not going to do it, but it's like the part of me that doesn't, that, that feels so challenged and stretched and just like stressed out about life where it's like, I don't know what to do. Like I still get faced with that. And I've started to recognize, at least for myself, I know this isn't the case with every single person. And I'm not going to act like there's something wrong with me because it happens. It's more like, what am I doing about it? Am I letting it break me down or am I finding a way to work with it? Those are, those are just the growing pains of life. And regardless of where I've been at, regardless of whether I've got a bunch of friends or whether I've got a bunch of money or whether I'm living in the place that I want to be living or not, like we're always going to have challenges. Life is going to, I've learned from my own experience and I've learned, especially from seeking mentorship and coaching and stuff like that from other people. Huge. Like I, I know multimillionaires that are still stressed out with a whole bunch of other things. Me too. Me and too. And it fact, makes I've me realize got, um, like a fantastic client of my own. Who's um, honestly the most successful person I've worked with. And he, he really struggles, really mm -hmm. struggles. Multimillion dollar um, company director, all the rest. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, but it just goes to show, you know, he's, un, he's fine. He's actually clicked. He's understood, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't actually what's going to cure my anxiety and depression. I need to do yep. something about it. And I respect that massively because someone of his status to actually realize that and then do something about it. For me, I find yep. that actually so inspiring because I have, all, I also know many uh, multimillionaires who are in that stuck mentality of, okay, maybe more money will fix this. Maybe more yes. status will fix this. Yeah. So thank yep. you for touching on that huge yeah man it's just that that concept of like wherever we go life's gonna be challenging life is still gonna kick our ass and that said we can still celebrate and we can still have fun in the process whether you're a millionaire or whether you're living in a third world country barely able to get by everybody would benefit from being able to just have some fun and dance everybody can find something that they can find gratitude for that's not to say we don't get to do the yeah. things to improve our circumstance too, but it, it's, there's a lot there and I'm going to trust that what I'm sharing is like, is landing on a feeling level as opposed to me needing to say more about it right now. Cause aesthetic dance is we, um, cause I'm aware of time and I do want to wrap this up too, but um, aesthetic dance has been huge for you, right? Um, just talk about that for a minute um, in terms yeah. of how, um, you know, aesthetic dance itself, what it's done for you with freedom totally and i will say i i have another podcast on ecstatic dance that i was interviewed on uh in my link tree Amazing. otherwise i'm happy to come back and do like a round two but ecstatic dance has been such medicine for me because especially in the way that i share it like it's not all about just like feel good happy dance music um but i discovered ecstatic dance while i was out in bali and after seeing people going absolutely crazy freaking nuts on zero drugs i remember being there and i was like did i miss some kool-aid that everybody drank before this or what 
Because people were just like rolling around on the floor, making the weirdest noises, freaking like yeah. animals. Yeah, that's all. And I remember feeling so like awkward about like letting yeah. myself do it. I saw it's all fair. of them, and I was like, I'm judging them, but I kind of want to do that too. Yeah. But I was also just like, damn, it feels like everyone's watching me. Like da 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 da. And it, dance has been so transformational in that sense of it's a mirror for how I feel about other things. Like but, my insecurities about sh- expressing myself a certain way on the dance floor show up in other places in my life too. And but, at the same time, especially as it pertains to working through the emotions, like the times in my life when I feel like I was talking about like the suicidal stuff earlier, not like it's always needs to be as intense as suicide, but like the the times when I'll be like, ah, why do I want to, what am I going to do? I just want to break down and cry. Hmm. Dance is a perfect outlet for that for me. Yeah. And even just beyond dance, just somatic stuff. Like I had a day a few weeks ago where I was feeling so fed up with some things and I decided to leave the interaction I was in, come back here, get on my bed and just start pounding and like screaming into a pillow. And I had thrown on some music and I ended up like star fishing on my bed for a while and just having an amazing cry. And here's the thing, like as, as kids, we, we naturally do this. Kids throw their temper tantrums, they do their thing, but often we're said, we'd say, Hey, don't do that here. Hey, that's not appropriate here. Hey, don't cry. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. Don't cry. It's okay. Don't like we get, we get conditioned out of expressing our intense emotions. And so we just put it, we just kink the hose every time it comes up. But the thing I've noticed is that after I express whatever's there, eventually there's no more anger to be let out. There's no more crying that wants to be done once I've done so much of it. And it's from that place that I often experience the clarity and the transformation from whatever that thing might be in my life. And then I can make, then I can make decisions and take actions and do things from a place of not emotional reacting, but responding to how I want to actually do things. Um, there's a lot there. There's, there's so much yeah, there, but, is. um, that's yeah. why I'm really, all I'd say about, is, um, about... I'd highly recommend, <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, I'd highly recommend everyone to, um, who's listening to at least give it a go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever, wherever yeah. you're at, there's always a way to, I've got a whole bunch of ecstatic dance, like playlists on my, um, on my Spotify regardless, but whether, wherever you're at in the world, if the ecstatic dance is blowing up in a lot of different places, um, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's been such a healing thing for me and I like to at least just put it out there for, for people because it, it's for some people and other people may not want to do it. But, um, for those on the healing path, for those on the self-expression path, for those on the transformational journey, uh, I don't, I don't feel that in my life, ecstatic dance needs to be there. And I don't feel that my life would be complete if I didn't have a space to express, mm-hmm. whether it's through dance or anything else. Thank you for saying that. And um, the reason why I said what I said is because um, I know for myself, I did think for a while it wasn't for me. Um, it was just the fact mm-hmm. that um, a friend of mine had, 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 had encouraged me and encouraged me and encouraged me. Like, All right, I'll do it. And came along. And um, honestly, it was transformational for me. Um, so, um, and the reason why it was transformational for me is actually similar to what you said is the fact that I was judging others, but really that was a reflection of the fact that I was judging myself. Right, um, because I was judging others with the way they were expressing, I was judging them for being so expressive because I was insecure about the fact that I wasn't expressive. Right, so mm-hmm. it was yeah, it was a really beautiful um, mirror, exactly as you said. 
Um, yeah, so honestly, I, I feel like that really helped me to break through a lot of self-judgment that I created for myself and enhance my ability to express myself more fully, for sure. Um, so I feel like um, uh, even if one is feeling very resistant to it, um, if one was to give it a full go, um, just even once, and if it's not for them, it's not for them, but um, at least then you'll know. Um, yeah, um, and I guarantee that one that does give it a full go will have at least some sort of breakthrough with a sense of self-judgment because you're not leaving in a full aesthetic dance without have at least done a sort of <laughs> lion crawl or <laughs> beating your chest or something, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Beautiful, brother. And the way I'd love to finish this podcast is just asking this one question um, in a succinct way. What has been, and it doesn't need to be the biggest, but just whatever comes to mind when I set this question, what has been the largest lesson in your life? that there is only one of us here and anything that I judge in another person I am judging within myself any amount of love that I withhold from another person I withhold from giving that to myself and also the way that I love others is exactly the same way that I get to love myself So beautiful, brother. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been Thank such a blessing. Me. Such a beautiful conversation. And please tell us where people can find you. Eddie Evolves on Instagram and eddieevolves.com. My website is currently under construction, but I also le I'm leaving it up during construction so people can still see it. Um, but it'll, it'll be up in the next couple of months, uh, as this podcast gets out there. So, um, Eddie evolves on every platform though. E D D I E E V O L V E S. Beautiful. And guys, that'll be in the, uh, description below as well. If you go to the show notes, you'll be able to find those links as well. And I'd love to actually link the, um, Spotify playlist if you don't mind sending it after this as well. And I'll um, link that below. For Dude, I've answers. got so many. I can, uh, I can link my, I'll link like a, I'll find a link to my profile yeah. and we'll, we'll get awesome. that in there too. Yeah, Let's for sure. Then. Let's do that. Yeah. Especially because it's locked down here in New Zealand still for a lot of people. So I feel like it'll be a great opportunity to have a little boogie in their room, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So I highly recommend guys, um, even if you're not interested in transformation per se right now in your life, um, I do feel and i'd love to encourage you to actually follow eddie simply because of the fact that um the way he expresses himself and how authentic he truly is um in comparison to a lot of the stuff that i personally see on the internet and i follow a lot of you know brilliant people um but the level of authenticity is just that next level and what i find is a greater capability of generating self-acceptance can come from observing authentic humans such as yourself and um, yeah, I feel like that would just benefit just about anyone and following your content. So yeah, please guys do yourself a favor, head over and follow good old Eddie and, um, yeah, watch this amazing man, uh, thrive in life and, uh, yeah, go through his lessons, go through his bumps and go through his challenges and evolve constantly because that's what he's about. And, um, yeah, he lives that life himself and he lives by example with that, which is so beautiful and so inspiring. So thank you once again, brother. Yeah. It's been such a blessing having you on. Thank you for having me. And for whoever you are listening, thank you for being here. Or if you're watching on the video, thank you for watching. Um, and yeah, 
whatever whatever it looks like i love connecting with people so don't hesitate to shoot me a message and um yeah we can go from there beautiful well guys as always um subscribing um and leaving reviews these things really help us reach more people as well um i'm gonna let eddie go now because uh he uh, i know he's got a meeting to go okay beautiful and um yeah i, I just want to say guys um uh if you do find that this did serve in any way uh this would really uh benefit us massively if you do go and tell someone um we don't charge for the show um we don't run ads and um uh, the reason why uh sharing with other people is it does enable us to of course and of course reach more people but if you feel that maybe this message would resonate with someone you know um sharing with them can definitely do wonders i know for myself when i was in a big struggle and uh, um, having challenges with mental health listening to content like this would have served me immensely that being said i love you guys and i'll see you next time That's why I do this for you.